Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And we today are continuing on our Disney ranking series that we've done every month for the last long time. Long time. Uh, but we're doing something different. Instead of doing 2009, which would be the next uh, in the, the order that we had previously been doing, um, we decided to go back uh, and we're going to do 1989. And then we're going to alternate from here forward doing a like 2009 and then we'll do a renaissance year and we'll go back and forth back and forth and we just thought it would be fun to kind of shake it up and and uh, do something different it was and, a good call rage yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm going to rachel wagner and stanford is here hey how's it going <clears throat> yes yeah i i think that we needed a break from i the, did too the i was really <laughs> burned out <laughs> those movies <laughs> <laughs> yes so i think this was a good this a was good so plan. refreshing yes it was a great great year to pick too and in so. uh we ended up with 11 films uh from 2000 i mean from 1989 we ended up with 11 films from 1989 and uh, some of these are your expected disney films but then the rest of them are from touchstone yeah, and, this was like a um, real kind of heyday for Touchstone. You know, they were cranking yeah. out, I think, a lot of content under the Touchstone label. And it seems like there is no sort of method to the madness of Touchstone. These are yeah. all over the place. <laughs> you know, they, are, they are so all over the place. I agree. <laughs> I mean, when they that's touch... how it typically was? Well, yeah, I think so, you know. In the in the mid '80s, so in the, like the early early years of the Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg era, the only the, there were some Bette Midler comedies that were kind of consistent. You know, there was, I think mm-hmm. she had a six picture contract, and uh, oh, with Touchstone, with yeah, with 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 Disney slash, and and they were Touchstone movies. You know, because they were all pretty adult, uh, mm-hmm. you know, grown up in nature, and. Uh, they were all like kind of crazy comedies, I think, with the exception of Beaches. Um, but anyway, okay. Other than that, to me, it just seemed like I, I'm with you. There's these touchdown movies all over the map. Uh, also, like from a budgetary thing too, because some of them seem like pretty cheap to yeah. put together, which I know Jeffrey, which Jeffrey Kasberg, you know, adored. And then some of these other ones, I think, would be a little more. Expensive too, so that yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting true. as well to kind of see the run, 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 run the gamut of budget and style yeah. and different directors and yeah. Now is was Nine Purple for Christmas that was that Touchstone? I believe it was released initially as Touchstone. Yeah, they might now have branded it as Disney because it's just so integrated into you know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when it first came out, it was a Touchstone. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because there was uh, that the impression that I had before kind of starting this project was that like, oh, if they couldn't get it clean enough for a Disney release, then they'd have to make it touch tone. But that right. wasn't always the case. No, I think I think that clearly that happened. But like like I think an example of, of Dick Tracy that came out in nineteen ninety, uh-huh. I think that that was as I recall, like the trailers were all like Branded as Disney, but it got released as Touchdown because I think oh, it was okay. a, little too, a little too saucy, a little too violent. Um, yeah, but because most of these are are R rated, oh, they're that Touchdown. Are <laughs> yeah, like, 
that we're intended, talking about. Yeah, intended to be touchstone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except for Turner and Hooch, that would be the one. Right. That that is a PG or uh, PG thirteen. I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, I had a chance to rewatch almost or to watch or rewatch almost all of them. I did not rewatch Turner and Hooch because I just watched it last fall um when i was covering uh the show the new show turner and Hitch, oh yeah which was actually really fun uh it's a shame it didn't get another season because it had a bunch of hallmark actors uh in it but um i thought it was really fun and well done and charming and uh it, it's too bad it was a good show i you could tell that they overspent on it because the action was actually like pretty handsomely mounted <laughs> yeah. and i think I think McGee was the producer. Oh, involved. okay. Yeah. And you could feel that kind of look and feel of, uh, of him, you know, what the, what his style. And I just think they over overspend. It was not going to get the kind of bump for Disney plus that they needed, mm-hmm. but it was actually a, a pretty good show. And, and one of our favorites, Paul Campbell, he, um, he was on, he was on the show. And uh, Matt Hamilton, some of the other Hallmark oh, actors nice. were, yeah, were on the the show. Uh, so it's too bad. But um, but anyway, I didn't rewatch that, and I didn't rewatch the Poet Society because it's just I'll talk about it when we talk about it, but it's very difficult for me to watch that movie now. I've uh, Dead Poet Society was also the only one that I didn't rewatch because I had I had I have watched it within the last year. Uh, oh, okay. But, well, I, just, but I watched all the other ones, even though, and but many of them I hadn't seen ever. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, it's just hard for me to see Robin Williams in a plot about suicide, you know, with suicide. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's tough yeah. for me. But anyway, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but there are 11 films that we uh, are, are ranking today. And we'll put a, a list in the description. So if you want to uh, put your own blog post or your own video if they're ranking them uh we'd love that and uh all of these are available on streaming uh most of the touchstone i watched on hoopla uh and we've covered hoopla a number of times on hidden gems uh but uh they evidently have something with touchstone because all these movies were all on hoopla which is a library app that's free which is great the, the disney branded ones uh are on disney plus Right. Yes. So, and then um, Dead Poet Society is the only one that's on Hulu. Right. Yeah. And then the rest are either on Disney Plus or Hoopla. So. <laughs> Very cool. Um, all right. Well, what is your number eleven? My number eleven. You know, I it's kind of a tie, but 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 I put as number eleven disorganized crime. Yeah. Same with me. <laughs> so this was such a terrible film, and I got to tell you. Uh, I found a quote somewhere. I was doing a little research on it. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, like, I think, well, the, you know, again, like my least favorite person, right? In, in, uh, <laughs> of, the, yeah. of the time of the time period. Um, he, like, the the writer and director of this, I think his name is Jim Kof. I'm not necessarily saying his name right now. Yeah. Uh, I think he and Katzenberg, like, had a bet, like, that, that, that this director could bring in this movie for an incredibly low price. It was like for 5 million or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact price and, and it shows. <laughs> and, and all, but I, I think it was, you know, it's, it's a, it's a crime caper, right? Kind of like a, like a team crime caper film. And I thought with the cast, it might be interesting. And the, the 
and it looked like like there was maybe some some promise, you know, this stuff was going on with Corbin Burnson at the beginning and whatnot, and then it just falls apart into this profanity laced, you know, big chunk of stupid. I thought. Well, what was your take yeah. on it? No, I agree. It just wasn't funny. Yeah, so it wasn't funny. I, laughs will forgive all. Like, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about it before. I mean, there's movies like Talladega Nights, which I know is a stupid movie, and that it is, is so funny. Ridiculous, but I'm laughing, <laughs> yeah. so I enjoy it the whole time. I'm laughing. This just was not funny. I, I mean, how many once. times they once. had these guys get covered in mud or manure or yeah. you know get wet, and it was just like, oh my gosh not good and and it had a it has a really strong cast the cast is actually kind of impressive you know yeah lou diamond phillips yeah. Corbin bernstein it's got um uh um what's his name william russ from boy meets world he's yeah there. <laughs> that Fred was fun herman Munster uh, is in this yeah. movie <laughs> right and it's just not funny. I I sat there and it's not like it's trying to make a lot of jokes that I'm like, ooh, cringe, that's out of date. No, it's not even that. It's just no. not funny. It just it just wasn't funny. And I didn't feel you know, I just didn't feel like it all it didn't come together too in a way, no. you know, as far as like Carbon Burtson's all of his, you know, kind of pain and suffering that he he goes through. Anyway, the whole thing just yeah. it 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 was it did not it was yeah rotten scripts uh you know i thought terrible direction and it's it kind of a waste of all this talent and and again here the guy you know i don't know if he won the bet with jeffrey casper or not but i think we all we all lost this is a bad movie <laughs> we lost in doing this project having to watch this movie <laughs> that's right <laughs> well Okay, what do you have at number 10? I have at number 10, which is, is a, it was really almost a tie for me. I have Cheetah. Yeah, I have that at nine. So close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have An Innocent Man at 10. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have An Innocent Man at nine. So <laughs> <laughs> rounds up our bottom three. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the An Innocent Man, it's Tom Selleck, and it is so generic. Uh, every step of the way it feels like uh i don't know something you might see on tbs or TV or something like that exactly Um, stretched out to way too long um (laughs) i forget how long it is but it felt really really long and uh i didn't think any parts of it worked the parts outside of jail weren't very good and it felt like they were just like dying to use that for it as much as possible <laughs> to be like edgy. Yeah, because again, you know, again, they're thinking, well, this is a touchdown. Let's just, you know, let's go yeah. for broke. Let's go for broke. I think it set the record for the number of F words. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's a frustrating, I thought it was just a frustrating story too. I, I agree with you. It, yeah. felt, it felt like a made for TV movie. Tom Selleck is this, you know, happily married, law abiding, good dude who, uh, the cops go to the wrong house to do a drug bust and they decide just yeah. to plan the drugs and, you know, frame this guy. Very, very generic. And, and, and then this poor, you know, his uh, you know, long suffering wife is trying to get him out of jail and all this stuff. And anyway, 
Well, and F. Murray Abraham, like the parts in the the jail were like marginally better than the parts outside of the jail. F. Murray Abraham brought, he was the only character I liked in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like though, I'm like, did he lose a bet or something? Like, why does he have to be in this movie? Why is he in this terrible movie? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, and his character just seemed like, from a different movie. It did. Yeah, and maybe yeah. that's why I liked it. Like, of, all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. we're in, like, the Shawshank Redemption. Right! <laughs> exactly. Because it's just, yeah. I, it, and, um... But, you know, go ahead, please. No, I do have to say that a lot of these action movies from the 80s just fall very flat for me. I was not a fan. We for like Blind Spot, I watched Lethal Weapon. I did not like that. Yeah. Obviously, it's better than this, but I didn't like that. I didn't like Beverly Hills Cop. I thought that was just not funny and just not for me. I did not care for it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a number of like sort of quote unquote classic '80s action comedies that just and this isn't a comedy, but action movies that really yeah. just fall flat for me, somebody who has no nostalgia for it. I mean, the die, die hard does hold up, I think very well, but most of those other ones I just did not like. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a big fan of, of lethal weapon either. And this one, uh, I think the combination of just, it was just a bad movie, but also yeah. again, just the terrible language and, uh, and situations I didn't I didn't see this in the theater and that's probably why you know I read yeah. a review or or uh, or uh, just saw you know the R rating just I went oh, I think this one I'm going to pass because I'm just not sure that there were there was enough merit to yeah, it yeah and and you can have a movie that has a lot of profanity that it feels authentic to the characters right and it and to the situation it, and and part of the dialogue well i just felt like this they yeah. were just adding it just to add it like goodfellas for instance has tons of profanity but it does feel like authentic to those it, characters yeah, for, for, so yeah i don't mind it as much <laughs> that <laughs> i think like, that's sad it's hard sad to admit but yeah no i think i think that's true that it is authentic to those mob guys that they're gonna talk like that and so yeah. it immerses you a little bit more whereas this just felt like would this nice guy from the suburbs be, you know, MFing all the time? I don't right. think so. I don't right. Know. Not to mention um, what, well, he has she... to do, what he has to do in prison, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ugh. So We won't go there. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't watch this movie, people. Right. So. <laughs> um, well, so Cheetah that you have at 10, I... I do know that I was talking to people on Twitter, our friend Jennifer Chandler. She watched this a lot growing up. So there are people that have a lot of nostalgia, Some nostalgia for this movie. Yeah. This is the first time I had seen it. This is the second time I had seen it. I watched it a few, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. I was talking about this, Rachel. Leonard Malton used to program a night of Disney movies uh, on a quarterly basis on, on Turner Classic Movies. And... And this was one of them, so I, I, I watched it in that in that context. I think I think the theme actually was animal movies on that okay. one. And so they showed like the Incredible Journey, and you mm-hmm. know, and, and this one, which was new to me, then I I got halfway through it, and that's when I realized, 
oh, I think I've seen this before, and I, and I didn't like it the first time because <laughs> I had forgotten it. <laughs> and then they came back to me like, oh, yeah, anyway, this is just, I think it's a pretty lousy film. What, what didn't you like about it? Well, I mean, the one thing that I was kind of excited about was the cinematography and the animals and everything like that. Yeah, especially something filmed, from filmed in Africa, right? Yeah, Supposedly. but so much of it was obvious stock footage. Stock footage. That it just made the whole thing feel cheap. Yeah, and, it did. Uh, the acting was poor, I think. Uh, it, felt, it felt like a low-rent decom to me this yeah time. likewise and you know it's these two it's a brother and a sister they're there with their parents who were scientists right or doing research yeah. or whatnot and 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 then they befriend a, a a young boy from a nearby tribe but i like their adventure never seemed credible to me again it was just not that it would have to be all real but just that they're able to do what they do, you know. I don't know. I don't know. That that drove me crazy. I mean, it was as surprising well. because Disney has such a uh, a reputation of making movies with animals uh, that they feel real and not using just the stock footage and other things like yeah. that. So I was surprised that this wasn't better made. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of hoping it would be like a hidden gem because I'd heard about it, but it was just one of those ones I I hadn't seen. Uh, I mean, if you think of something like White Fang, for instance, you know, right. like wolves, like, looks incredible, looks really good. Yeah. Uh, but um, And a really compelling story. Yeah. You know, very dramatic. And yeah. Or this one, I was just bored out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty dry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it made nine for me. Uh, and so what do you have at eight? At eight, I have Tuner and Hooch. Oh, Interesting. You have a, I, I have a, hate a bit higher. You have a little higher. I hate uh-huh. this movie, and and I, uh, I saw it. I saw it. You know when it came out. I think for me, it's one of those where tonally, it's. I think it's pretty uneven. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Tom Hanks is good. You know, Tom Hanks is, is good. He's he's a good actor, of course. You know, and and he's not terrible in the role by any means. Uh, and. You know the, the the stuff with the dog is you know the the physical comedy and stuff with the with this destructive dog is funny, but then I think again you know as I was saying tonally I feel like it's really uneven because the crime stuff's pretty heavy, and then the dog dies. Yeah, and I'm like, what the heck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know he gets a puppy at the end, but it just totally <laughs> to me it didn't make it any better. I was like, yeah, you've got to be kidding me, you know. <laughs> So that's I I I not 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 my movie. yeah. I maybe I should have rewatched it for this because it had been since last fall. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's pretty standard. It's true. Man it's not dog. yeah. Uh, yeah. and there's sort of a grand tradition of man and dog, you know, movies. Yes. Uh, this one has like a little bit more of a comedic uh tone, but I agree it is somewhat uneven. Uh, the um. I mean, bring me think of something like Old Geller or Sounder or uh-huh. you know, sort of these. You know, that's these, a good point. And then, you know, those dog. movies where the dog dies too, you know, and yeah. it's, and it's, and it's sad. And at least they went out on a kind of a bit of a happier mm-hmm. note, but I don't know. It felt like such a buddy comedy to me in this yeah. one that it was, you know, but it was, you know, in this case, a man with his dog, with his dog. I could see that. 
Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive. And I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. I had three fugitives at eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'd never seen this before. Um, I, I kind of wish that they had done a little bit better job of kind of establishing Martin Short's character. Cause he's exactly. just presented as this crazy man from the outset and, uh, he, you know, robbing this bank. And then uh, <laughs> the, you know, they've got this fugitive Nick Nolte. Well, he, he's just gotten out of prison. He's like, please pick someone else. And um, there were some funny parts with Martin Short and just being so crazy and it was fun to see james jones in this um you know he was good uh but i know i just got a little tired of it after a while i got tired of his antics and i got tired of just running around chasing and i started to get kind of disengaged i guess and sort of doing other things and stuff because yeah. i just was not that interested in the story. yeah I have it a little higher. I have it at six together, but I bet I agree with all that you're saying. I, the reason I put it a little higher, well, cause you know, cause the set number seven film is one of the reasons, but also mm-hmm. uh, I thought I, I felt, I mean, there was some stuff I liked about it and I, and I honestly felt like it was a missed opportunity. It could have been a much better film. I agree with, with yeah. a little more. I hate to be prescriptive, but I think a little more explanation about Martin Short's character at the beginning. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the little girl was adorable. Yeah. And and uh, and I thought that I mean Martin Short when he's on his A game, he's so funny. You know, I mean, he's so good. But also, I think he's he's just a good actor too. And yeah. It could have been a really good role for him. But instead, it just turned out that this guy was, I mean, doing the best he could for you know in a hard in a hard situation. But he didn't. I don't think they really portrayed him as like that likable. You know, either. Yeah. I guess I can fault it to the on the script. Well, you just wanted him to like take a second and listen. Right. He, 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 the Nick tried to tell him, don't do this. Yeah. Don't behave this way. And he just wasn't stopping for a second to listen. Yeah. I liked to being able to see Nick Nolte just kind of wanted to feel like he had his 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 wits and his physical capabilities about him. <laughs> you know, because he I thought it, you know, he handled the, the physical comedy or just the physicality of it as well as the acting in a pretty good way. Yeah. And again, that little girl is super cute. I just thought, ah, oh, too bad. And that, you know, I don't know. I just, yeah, I could just nitpick the script to death. I, I th- really, really blame the script on what could have been uh-huh. actually this a pretty. This is a good era for Nick Nolte. Yeah. I mean, it was, he had, you know, 48 hours movies. Right. The player he was in that I love that movie, The Player. Yeah, that's nineteen ninety two. Yeah, um, but yeah, there were a lot of a lot of uh, good films. 
but uh and we have another one coming up uh so yes. what did you have at eight so at eight i have blaze okay yeah i have that at six uh yeah okay so we just kind of s- swapped on that one too you know mm-hmm. uh i thought paul newman gave a very good performance actually in this film but i really hated this movie too <laughs> i i you know these despicable characters and these situations that were super frustrating to me. And, and, uh, I, uh, you know, we got to see a lot of Olita Davidovich and I was like, well, I think it's a little too much. Um, (laughs) yeah, well, uh, I, yeah, she, I mean, she's playing a stripper, so yeah, you're going to get, yeah. And then again, it's touchdown and it's R rated. So they're like, we're going for it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I can't, I can't, I actually thought both of them were pretty good acting in the movie, and when they had like quieter moments together, yeah, or, that's a um, point. they they had some some good you know moments together, but the story just wasn't that interesting. Yeah, and, wasn't yeah, that, and the sensuality. I don't know. I mean, I just felt like so often the sensuality was only there. To, to sort of titillate the viewer as opposed to be like something meaningful in the story and in their right. romance. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and, and also I, it takes a long time for Paul Newman to appear. He's, uh, yeah. it's, it's sort of her backstory. It's her backstory for, for like for the first act. Yeah. For the first 30 minutes at least. Yeah. And, and, uh, her her sort of introduction to being a dancer felt very weird to me that like she she goes to this uh this army thing military uh thing and uh and she's like she thinks she's going to be playing for them and it turns out she's actually supposed to be dancing and stripping for them and it felt very weird to me. <laughs> like this, this is something the movie wants us to like, kind of be proud of her for, but she's being exploited like terribly. Yeah. And I was, I don't I was know. It was just weird. It was a that. weird moment. I thought. Yeah. Um, I was really and, confused by that too. Yeah. And this is supposed to start her on the path of being this kind of, this kind of empowered. Yeah, woman. Empowered, I mean, there's nothing. Sassy yeah. I mean, they, they say in um if you want to get an oscar play a prostitute in a in a movie for women it's true yeah. but <laughs> exactly and uh and in this case it didn't feel like sort of an empowered choice it was felt like something she just kind of stumbled into that she did and uh i don't know they could have done more to kind of develop her character uh but i did think that the performances were 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 strong for both of Mm-hmm. the uh, leads but yeah i never watch it again <laughs> yeah i hope i never watch it again. and i i missed it in theaters too but you know frankly rachel i don't even remember hearing about this one yeah like, you know and maybe maybe it showed up in like a limited release or something or i just didn't mm-hmm. have my head in the game uh well or, what? or just because of the r rating i maybe stayed away yeah. from it too. well some great person has has uploaded onto youtube all of the Siskel and Ebert episodes from 1989. And so I went back and watched their reviews of, nice. of, of all these movies. Outstanding. Yeah. And they didn't give, uh, they were give thumbs down on uh, play. Although, although 
uh, Roger was kind of kinder to it than um than uh, Gene. Than Gene was. Yeah, and neither of them liked three fugitives or an innocent man or disorganized crime. <laughs> I didn't actually watch one on Cheetah, but um. <clears throat> Uh, so that's great. Yeah, what did you have at seven? Okay, so at seven, uh, I have got. So s- seven was Blaze, and six was Three Fugitives for me. And you were the uh, the other way around, right? You had yeah, Blaze eight was Three Fugitives, and then oh, at seven, I have New York Stories. Oh, okay. I have New York Stories at five. Okay, um, so New York Stories for me, I like the idea of it better than the actual execution. I like the idea of having these three very famous directors all doing a short about New York. That that sounds fun, and yeah. there were fun moments. I probably liked uh, um, Coppola's the best. Uh, I think I mean R- Roger and Gene they liked. Uh, Scorsese's the best. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. In my opinion, that got old real fast, and I was very just tired of him being a bully. And there were some nice moments with him painting. I mean, with the music and yeah. uh, kind of capturing that. But everything with the relationship, I could have cared less about. I did not. I I just didn't like again, kind of him bullying his way into this relationship. I didn't think they had any chemistry at all. And uh, I don't know, just not my favorite. I felt like he was too violent with her for me to be empathetic with him. Um, and then the second one is just like cute and fun. This relationship between this uh, the, with this little girl and her friendship with her butler in New York City. And I thought it was cute. And then the third one, you know, Woody Allen. <clears throat> It had its moments. It was too long. I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, this neurat- neurotic Woody Allen type, played by Woody Allen, uh, that he sees his mother passes away, and then he sees his mother in the sky talking to him because she doesn't like who he's dating. <clears throat> there's some there's some humor in that. There's some f- some fun to be had, but it went on way too long. I thought. Um, anyway, I didn't love any of the shorts but i liked the idea of the shorts and they all had their moments if that makes sense no i that makes total sense and i and and i agree with you i uh i was trying to pry out you know or rank the shorts and i it was hard because i didn't i didn't just i wasn't just crazy about any of them i think i probably did like the martin scorsese one maybe just a little bit more but i agree with you the characters were despicable you know I, i in a way, I thought both of them kind of were, you know. Yeah. In a way, maybe not despicable is is is, is too strong, but they're both so narcissistic. But I'm also thinking, well, maybe this is 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 a kind of this could be a portrayal of some artists who you know choose mm-hmm. to live this way, right? Um, but and I and I I thought it was interesting too how the Nick Nolte character, we see him probably just. Repeating, I bet it's just a pattern for him, you know how he finally he 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 meets that other young girl at the end, yeah, the younger girl. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, this is just gonna, this is just how he's gonna live out his Which life. Which is kind over. of skeevy when you think about it. Oh, absolutely, no, yeah. it's it is. So it's it's yeah. a, it's uh, but but I thought 
the direction and the cinematography in that one was particularly good just because the yeah. way, uh, as you mentioned with the painting and often the way the characters were, were, uh, framed within, within the, um, I think they feel, they look like they filmed it in an actual buildings, maybe where they were sets, but, uh, just like within the architecture and whatnot, I thought that, uh, there was a lot I liked about it. Um, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. In fact, what surprised me about Francis Ford Coppola's one is just how breezy it was. Yeah. You know, um, just fun and fun and breezy. And I'm with you on Woody Allen's. It was like a one joke movie. that just went on way too long. Yeah. But, uh, some of the lines, I did laugh on not all the lines, but some of them, uh, just because uh, that relationship we had with it. And yeah. plus the title, Oedipus Rex. I mean, that was funny. I thought that was Yeah. Funny. Do you have a, a, a favorite Woody Allen? You yeah, Annie best? Hall. Yeah. It's my favorite. I mean, Annie Hall's really good. I I think Midnight in Paris is still actually my favorite, though. Oh, that's that's so charming. I so love good. Yeah, and I like so the good. thought experiment of it, of yeah. that we idolize the past, and but... And then he goes back there and Marion Cotillard is, is doing the exact same thing with the previous generation as he had done with them. And yeah. I think it's, it's really good. Yeah. I agree uh, with you. Really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have blaze at six, which what did you have at six? Three fugitives. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I have Turner and Hooch at five. Okay. Yeah. Which I just, I, I th- thought it was just like a, pretty fun man and dog movie but you're right it does have those kind of swings in tone that's true well and, and i i haven't watched the disney plus series but i'm curious about it now so maybe i'll yeah. have to check it out <laughs> i mean it's kind of a bummer because it ends on a cliffhanger and a ding oh, and it's not so, gonna yeah we'll never know yeah but i particularly there's an episode that uh i forget what they call it but there's an episode that kind of has a diehard esque plot with a little girl that he has to protect uh there and there's like a bomb in the building and there it's very diehardy and uh and they even have um reginald johnson on in that show you know who's on um diehard yeah nice yeah. i think that's his name right yeah that's the, fun the cop. The, yeah yeah anyway uh so what do you have at five at five, I have New York stories. Okay. Yeah. So we're pretty close, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Yeah, clearly we've got, we've got the same top four. We'll yeah. see what order. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting if it is the same. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so at number four, I have Gross Anatomy. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think we do have the same then. Uh, yeah, this was the hidden gem, I think, of the pack of the group. Certainly oh, no the- question about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually debated, do I want to put this ahead of Dead Poets Society? 
Um, but, uh, but gross anatomy is uh, about these doctors that are I mean, these students becoming doctors going to medical school, the first year of medical school. And I thought it captured that really well. And I thought the script was very well done. And Matthew Modine, who knew he was such a hunk? <laughs> He's really good in this. <laughs> very charming. That's not why I picked it. <laughs> but, but he was but, good in the role. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what? Um, good, but, it's just a good supporting cast. You know? It's a good script, good cast. I like the fact that they didn't uh, villainize anybody for their their choices like the the woman who uh has a child and then is gets pregnant within the year uh she's not really treated badly by the script or you know treated as like a not feminist or something you might see sometimes that kind of written in that way um she's a great you know she's a really interesting character and she's made her choices and um, and you just see like the stress and the pressure that is on these students. And I thought that Daphne Zuniga did a really good job. I she's, did too. she's really good in this era. She's she was really good. A, you know, good leading lady and uh, the pressure that's on her. She doesn't want to get distracted with this relationship. Uh, I liked Christine Lottie as their um, doctor professor. I thought yeah, she did, did a too. great job. And yeah, it was just a, a really solid movie. I think that they could do a, a really interesting reboot of this. And I think I it could too. make a really good series. It would make they a wanted. good series. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing because these characters were, were, were very interesting. I thought the relationships mm. were, 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 were well portrayed. And I also, I kept expecting it to get... I mean, it does. It's it's serious, and there's some you know some sad stuff that happens. But I just I don't know. I just I like I just like the tone. Yeah, it really it avoids thought. it avoids the sappiness. Yes, and every turn where it could have taken like a sappy uh, turn. Yeah, sappy maudlin turn, it, and it, it doesn't avoids do it. it. Yeah, and it really focuses on the pressure that's on these uh, these students. Well, you know. And when it starts, I'm like, oh, great. I mean, we'll go in by the title. You know that mm-hmm. it's going to be something, you know, about, you know, a medical thing or most likely medical school. Well, yeah, I thought it was actually a fresh take on on the medical school experience, just yeah. how intense intense that is. Uh, but, but, again, none of it also seemed uh, necessarily predictable. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, I just I, I really enjoyed this movie. Very mm-hmm. compelling. Was, yeah, I thought it was, was going to really be good. a real bore, and I, 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 I was very interested the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, why do you have a three? I have Dead Poet Society. Yeah, same. We have the okay. same. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's hard for me to watch this movie now. Uh, it's just tough with Robin Williams being the inspirational teacher and the student who commits suicide. It's hard now yeah, for me to watch it. Because he committed suicide, of course. Yeah. In real life, that's tough. It is a very manipulative movie. Um, I know some people who really dislike it, including Roger Ebert. Actually, he hated it. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people actually that don't like it that feel like it's too emotionally manipulative. Interesting. But I, I like it, and maybe part of it is that I bonded with it at a really young age. This is yeah. a movie that I 
remember uh, watching in high school and just bawling my eyes out. And I, I remember watching it quite a few times in college randomly. I don't know why. Uh, and <laughs> I had this one friend who was the worst to watch movies with because she would always ask questions during the movie. And, uh, and so, because sometimes you just have to sort of let the movie play out and those questions will be answered. Yeah. And like, like, we'll talk after. (laughs) Yeah. But she would be like, why is he going in that room? What's he going? What is he reaching for? You know, you're just like, Oh my gosh, stop. Why is he running out into the snow? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I remember watching this movie with her. It just she was making me crazy. I'm like, just watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's just so memorable, Captain My Captain. Oh, it's so memorable, so moving. Uh, it's it's just it's it, it, it's a, it's a beautiful film, a mm-hmm. really poignant film. And yeah, I'm with you. The the Robin Williams stuff is sad, and that was bittersweet to when I rewatched it. You know, yeah, realizing that. But I also felt grateful that uh, that they were able to capture that performance yeah. of him, of, you true. know, on film because uh, it's it's such a good performance, and just so yeah. it showed showed his range. You yeah. know, I think it, was, it seems to me that it was one of the earlier dramas that he was in that really showed what he uh, was capable of as an actor yeah, yeah. and uh, ethan hawk is is really great in it uh yeah. young young ethan hawk young robert sean leonard yes robert sean leonard is you know really a, a standout in it too yeah and i think maybe the reason why i gravitate towards it is that i've always been a big mentor person i've always been somebody who really gravitated to charismatic teachers uh, whether it was church or at school, uh, uh, you know, going to, to college, I um, I uh, Dr. Matt Holland was my mentor. I actually worked for him for a while as a TA. Uh, I took any class that he offered, and I I just really admired him and fed off of his energy a lot, and it really encouraged me to be better. And and uh, I've just always been a person that really responded to sort of that environment of mentors and, and um, inspirational teachers and things like that. So it's an easy button to push when it comes to me. And I mean, the parents are completely one note and kind of monsters portrayed as monsters. Uh, and they, but I don't know, to me, that's works for this type of narrative. It works for the, I thought it worked for this type of movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, I was, you know, I was an English major in college so of course this is i just eat up all this stuff i love it love it the uh what i forget the name of the the uh the poet the poem that they he has them rip up (laughs) the beginning the essay rip it out rip it out yeah oh uh well what do you have at number two so at number two, I have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, me too. Yes, I just rewatched it today. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, yeah, I, I watched it last week again for mm-hmm. first time in quite a while, or maybe it was two weeks ago. But yeah, but yeah. anyway, still, it was 
so much fun to revisit this movie. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it held up so well. Me I too. Found it so charming and funny and exciting, and yeah. and I, I just even the music I really liked. I I I loved all the pretty much all the performances. The only thing that doesn't really work, I think, in modern in a modern uh, setting is um the neighbor Solinsky, uh, not Solinsky. That's the Richard Branis, the other, the neighbor dad. He's a little too mean, I think, for this kind of movie. And uh, yeah. I don't know. He's just a little more vital, volatile than is needed for a you know, yeah, sweet family film. This type of a film. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah, sure if they were going to remake it, which I'm sure they will in our, uh, that they would remove that. And they certainly would not have him be smoking anymore. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what really struck me on this watching, because again, it's been a while, just the amount of practical effects and yeah. also the stop motion animation and all just the cool filmmaking techniques that Joe Johnson employed to make this movie. It's really impressive, you know, because yeah. this, of course, today would be all be done with CGI and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because the tools are amazing. But there was just something I thought extra special about this about this movie, with the really cool practical effects and and uh, mm-hmm. you know everything everything yeah, around. Even the ones that feel sort of hokey feel, uh, you know, you can see the green screen stuff like that, like when they're flying on the bee. Yeah, there's kind of a charm in that. That's just exactly that's yeah. exactly it. It just. For me, it, it just added to the charm rather than like, oh, this is so fakey. I mean, yeah. the whole thing's fakey, but but uh, that's what's so fun about it. <laughs> you know? I agree. I thought it was, I thought it held up extremely well. I mean, I do have big nostalgia for it, and I even have uh, nostalgia for the um, uh, the ride at Disneyland, the um, Honey, I Shrunk oh, the, the movie, audience. Oh, the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that was Disneyland. I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. Disney, Disney. Yeah, they yeah. had uh, and there in, in, in Tomorrowland. It was there in the in that Magic Eye Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know so that fun. they had a um in uh, in MGM Studios they had a Honey I Shrunk the Kids play they had a area. Playland, and yeah. uh, I you know, never went into the Playland, but there was a little like a, a food place right by it. So you know, I remember just looking in there mm-hmm. and. It was cool. I mean, I don't know. I you know yeah. they recreated some of the, just the giant leaves of grass and you know mm-hmm. the ant and uh, I can't remember the ant's name. You know they named it and mm-hmm. and uh, you know just stuff that the kids you know like turned it into slides and things that kids could yeah. play on. And it's super. I thought it was super fun. You know, I mean, just the very clever mm-hmm. looking. And I think that that movie played. To be being Mr. Theme, you know, Disney theme park nerd, it, it was at Epcot. In they had a 3D theater in Epcot where Captain EO played, and then mm-hmm. they put in they put in this Honey I Shrunk the Audience there. And uh, mm. anyway, yeah, cool. Um, and I, I do feel like their size kind of changes a little bit throughout the movie. Oh, of course, like it at does. certain points, <laughs> there at certain points they're like the size of his nose and then other points they're the size of a cheerio you know so it kind of changes a little bit but, but it works yeah, I don't it's care. not consistent yeah. <laughs> but you know yeah, or like like almost like the size of a pinpoint you know i mean they're mm-hmm. just soup but uh it's 
It's oh, charming. It's a charming it's movie. Charming. I really enjoyed all the action. I enjoyed that the sibling too. dynamics in it. Felt felt pretty yeah. real. Um, the um, the I thought all the kid actors were all good. Uh, the one the girl looks too old for the part, but uh, but she still was good. Uh, and um, yeah, I I don't know. I just thought it was a really well written script. A fun idea, well executed. Uh, it's one of those nostalgia movies that I think holds up pretty well. And I, I think that some of those, like even something that I still enjoy, but something like the Goonies, I don't, it, there are parts of it that feel old, aged, you know, out of yeah. date. Whereas this, I didn't have really much of that experience. I wasn't cringing hardly at all. No, I didn't, I didn't cringe at all either. I, frankly, I was expecting to. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and then I just, it just, it was just the, deli- it was just the, deli- you know, yeah. and, and, and in a lot of ways, even though, as you're talking about it, the effects were cheesy, I also thought it was movie magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Really fun, wa- really fun watch. Mm-hmm. So happy to rewatch, to rewatch it. Well, our number one, of course, it's of one of my course. favorite movies of all time. <laughs> uh, it's The Little Mermaid is our number one. And this is just such a special film. It was so fun to rewatch it today. Oh, my uh, gosh. I rewatched it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I had seen it not too long ago. I'm just like, I'm yeah. going to watch this movie. I love this movie so much. It's so good. I mean, and uh, every down to the littlest detail. I mean, I, people probably get tired of me talking about the 1 million bubbles, but it really is incredible. Every time she moves underwater, there's bubbles. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes lots and lots that fill up the whole screen, like in under yeah. the sea, there's a lot of scenes where it just bubbles everywhere. And it just adds to that experience of the film and the Mankin Ashman songs are so great. And, and Ursula is so great. And, I love Ariel. I think she is, she's, she's spunky in a way that I enjoy. And I love the fact that, that it's so random, you know, the fact that they got like a French chef and a British, uh, Mosby is Grimsby is British. And then you have a Jamaican crab and, and, <laughs> and you have a, a, a New York, um, seagull or whatever. He is. Yeah. Whatever Scuttle is. Yeah, Scuttle. Buddy Hackett. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that makes it fun. It's, it makes it, uh, unexpected and surprising and unpredictable. I love, uh, when, uh, Jody Benson gets to voice, uh, Vanessa and yeah. with the evil side. That's really yeah, fun. That's, that's great. And uh, I mean, I love the animation. Uh, it's so wonderful one of the rest it's is one of the best and uh just is just you know again pure delight watching this movie i I love everything about it the uh one of the things i was i don't know that just really stood out to me this time and it has in the past too because i've seen this movie you know countless times but uh just admiring the animation well admiring the animation what a great story, you know, what a, what a wonderful job they did with the storytelling in this, how Ursula, it gets revealed in sections, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, just the dynamics between Ariel and her dad and, and then Sebastian the flounder. I mean, even that, that opening sequence, uh, with with Ariel and Flounder, you know, looking for stuff oh. when she misses the concert. That's so fun. There's well, the shark chase. And, uh, yeah. And even um, before that, with Mysterious Fathoms Below, it's yeah. such a oh, great yeah. introduction. It's it draws you in. Setup. Yeah. Yeah. Just with, Mysterious Fathoms Below. And yeah, with this Eric, Eric and Grisby <laughs> on the ship. And yeah. Uh, it's 
I, 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 I admire, I admire the story work so much on this film, but the, regarding the animation, one thing that was really, was really standing out to me was how, of course they, they just take full advantage of the medium. Like, um, mm-hmm. specific, like one thing that really, uh, like when, uh, Triton is blowing up Ariel's uh, grotto. Yes. You know how the, the lighting, I mean, the color the oh. color really changes. I mean, it just adds so much to the, to the drama and just the tragedy of that scene. Yeah. I'm going then, to get through to you, Ariel. Oh, my gosh. And it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> but but I love it how it's all red and black, you yeah. know, and there's just like a million bubbles everywhere. And, and then uh, uh, when Ariel is signing the contract with Ursula, how... Ursula just her madness really just starts shining and then like it's it's green, you know, kind of yeah. that funky lime green or what I don't know what necessarily what you'd call that color. And mm-hmm. Ursula's eyes are going oh. bonkers, you know. Um, I just love that. And 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 it made me think again, that's why I think why I love these animated films so much because there's so much artistry in mm-hmm. it. Well, like I said about the million bubbles, every time a character moves, there's bubbles, which makes it feel like you're under the water. And that was something that I, I had mentioned this in another podcast, but that, uh, you know, Aquaman was a movie that looked really cool, but it didn't feel under the water to me. No, it didn't feel immersed to me. It was pretty, but, uh, but I think missing those bubbles is is what is what you need um but i also love the ending i think it's awesome i i think that eric ends up being one of the best princes so he's like i'm not gonna lose her again and uh he rams this the ship into ursula i mean that is an awesome moment it is so epic (laughs) and again just taking advantage of the medium um one of the things that i'm really so i i i hate to 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 even bring it up, Rachel, but I f- feel like it's important. It's important, uh, at least for me. So you're nice to listen. Mm-hmm. But the uh, it, it, I it, I instantly thought of today of that horrible um, 2019 CGI remake of The Lion King. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's one of the reasons. One of the reasons. One of the, one of the many reasons I hated that movie was because you know The Lion King. It was animated, and they could go. All these, you know, yeah. I can't wait to be keen sequences. All, all this, call this color, that be prepared sequence, mm-hmm. you know, that's so stylized and the incredible, uh, you know, use of, of shadows and again, all these, all these kind of surreal colors of that, uh, you know, of that sequence, and and uh, the squash and stretch the characters and all this stuff, and then you can't replicate it when it's just these yeah. CGI models that look real, but they're not, you know, you yeah. can't like go all kooky with the lighting or they, you know, they didn't. Uh, and, and I guess it was an okay decision, but, but that takes out all of the artistry in my, you know, in my yeah, opinion. I mean, that's and, my only hope for this remake that they're doing new adaptation yes. is that it seems like they are doing their own spin on it with the casting and with, uh, with some other things I've heard. Uh, I, there's, there's a Broadway musical called once on this Island, which is basically yeah. a little mermaid story, but with like a Caribbean kind of flair yes. to it. And I've never seen the show, but I've heard of it. You know, yeah. people have just told me about it. Yeah. And if they were c- going to kind of go in that 
direction with using some of the songs. I think that could be interesting. I'm I'm hopeful because I know how big a fan Lin Manuel is of the right. original. Of, of the original, that yeah. he will help kind of guide the ship and make it tolerable. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Broadway musical of The Little Mermaid. I uh, I didn't love it, um, especially the making Ursula and Triton siblings. That was really stupid. I thought. Um, but uh, so I hope they don't do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I mean I do think out of the Disney the cheap quills, uh, the two Little Mermaid cheap quills are watchable. They're not like oh, great. Okay. I've never, um, I, I mean, I refuse to watch them. So I've never I've never the, seen them. The Little Mermaid two Return to the Sea is basically the exact same story but flipped. Where her daughter Melody wants to oh, become right. a mermaid, okay. so uh, and she ends up meeting Ursula's sister. I forget her name, anyway. And uh, and then the second one is actually a prequel, and it's kind of basically like Footloose in the ocean. <laughs> and so, and so, no dancing, no singing. Yes, basically. <laughs> so Triton, his wife has passed away, Aww. and he's like bitter about it and he doesn't want to be reminded of her singing and uh and so he's like banned music in the in the um sea i forget what it's called where they where he ruled atlantica atlantica so he's banned uh music and dancing and so sebastian has this like secret underground cute like salsa club <laughs> that uh that nice. <laughs> that ariel finds out about and of course they end up kind of convincing triton in the end to embrace music again and it's watchable i forget the um who the uh villain is in that one it's just like some some lady who wants power or whatever i can't remember but um it's watchable it's not great but it's Better than others, I guess. Better than other other sheeples. Well, you know, and I'm with you. I'm hopeful that this that the uh, this you know new live action CGI version is mm-hmm. going to be you know a, a delightful interpretation. Yeah. Uh, we'll you know because you know love Lin Manuel Miranda and of course Alan Menken and. And and we'll just see, you know, we'll just see what they do. But I sure am. I mean, I just am so happy we've got these, you know, animated mm-hmm. films that again I just think use the medium in such a yeah. magnificent way. Yeah, you know? and there was such an attention to detail, like I said, with the bubbles. But also, I love the fact that you have Ariel uh, when she gets up to the land. It's not really just about Eric that she's excited about. If she was, because people always, you know, criticize, oh, she's she gives up her fins for a man, and that's just not true. I mean, she wanted to go to land before she even met him. She's same right. part of she's your world. Fascinated with with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you don't build that whole grotto full of stuff if it's just this like passing whim for a man, right? For Eric that she had um, just barely met. Yeah, and when she's up there she kind of ignores him a lot of the time. Maybe she's uh, <laughs> taking the reins and, and driving the, the balls with all this other stuff. Yeah. And they're like dancing and doing the puppet shows and stuff like, and her enthusiasm and her excitement is just very endearing. 
and uh and it it did little mermaid was one of our my favorite episodes of talking disney that we did where you had my friend Alyssa on and and uh and we talked about the green dress you remember that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was a really funny moment i thought because i that's something that's always bothered me i'm like why does she in this green dress in the Disney princess lineup. And she's never in that in the movie. <laughs> and Alyssa was like, I've wondered that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put a link down if people want to listen, but I, I really loved that, uh, that episode. I thought it was really fun. And, uh, I just love this movie. I think it's, I do it's so good. So there we go. We did it. Uh, this, this was a lot of fun. These are the kind of rankings that I like to do because, uh, to me, it's boring to do a ranking of like rank all the DC movies because they're like so they're kind of the same. I feel about the same almost all of them. So it's or even like even the Star Wars, you know, like to me, it's more interesting to rank things that are like different than to rank things that are very similar, you know, well, I don't know. I, exactly. And I really enjoyed the fact of just being able to see n- movies that were new to me. Yeah. You know, this this in this round too. uh because there's, there's, you know, clearly, and these other ones, I've, there have been lots of new movies too, but mm-hmm. this was, this was really, this Fun. was great. And then just to be able to see Gross Anatomy was kind yeah. of the added, the, the, you know, the added bonus. Yeah. The, 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 there was even a really good one. In, yeah. In there the was mix. a hidden gem. There yeah. was a real yeah. hidden gem. Yeah, it was really good. Sure. So. And, the, and then, you know, to, to be able to, to talk about and, and honor the Little Mermaid, you know, hello. Yeah. Awesome. So fun. Well, let us know what you think. Have you seen any of these Touchstone films uh, that we talked about? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts if you're listening. And uh, Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And you can check out our playlist of all of the Disney rankings that we've done. Uh, They're a lot of fun. And uh, make sure that you're following the, if you are, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group, which has really fun behind the scenes uh, Q&As and uh, watch-alongs and uh, other things. I'm doing the AFI 100 Passions project where I'm reviewing uh, for the patrons only reviewing the AFI 100 Passions list. Uh, so that's really fun. Uh, so it's definitely worth your time to sign up for the Patreon. And then we also have the merch store, which has hashtag animation junkie shirts. So please take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone.